Hello, we're back. Welcome to WJMU 89.5 The Quad. We are here with The Shutout, um, our regular Tuesday evening stuff. Uh, not a whole lot going on besides football, so I'm going to let Felix vamp while I attempt to pull up what little news there has been about the other leagues, and then uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, um, I don't know. Personal, personal preference of sports this week. Um... Michigan lost. They lost to Indiana. They're overrated like normal. I'm not some blind Michigan fan that thinks we should always be in the top 25. I think uh, we suck this year, and who knows what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. He's been a great coach, and he's been proven, but he hasn't really done anything. Um, just saw on ESPN that Michigan has officially the number one basketball recruiting class um, within the year. So... That is good to know for Michigan fans and hopefully for, uh, what's his face, uh, Jawan Howard as his second or third year as the coach. Um, the high hockey, really, nothing has been going on. They're talking about some start dates. January 1st has been up in the mix, but we'll see. They're already announcing the outdoor games, which is weird. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens there. It really doesn't feel like we've missed, like, an entire season and rolling over into the next one, but... Uh, yeah, just timelines for sports are completely off. But hopefully they get back to normal. Hopefully they get an off season. Same thing with basketball. December twenty second is apparently their um, their start date with like nearly a full season. I think is what I heard. So I think there's a few games canceled, but they're doing I think a couple different bubbles or something like that. Or there's more yeah. interdivisional play to make up for the. Just to keep travel in a loop, kind of. Or, yeah, most now, likely. Believe me, as a Bulls fan, to watch us play the Central Division, you know, for 90% of the year is going to be heartbreaking to watch us just take turns getting crushed by the, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Pacers over and over and over again. But Yeah, and it's the same thing with a lot of college basketball. They're looking at, like, 20-game seasons, just conference play, and doing, like, four home games, like creating this bubble, four home games, four away games, like, each at a time. So having these streaks and all that stuff will be important but other than that nothing real really going on in all those sports um you've heard all the awards that got handed out for each sport we have our winners of the weird season we're gonna have probably one more weird season hopefully things can get back to normal so that'll be good but Lucky we haven't had any players associations argue with owners yet with, like, the NHL or the NBA, especially the NBA, um, with their, like, they're apparently moving forward quite fast. So lucky that there hasn't been, like, a holdout in baseball and stuff like that, but maybe we'll see some basketball players opt out. I think more players might be, you know, opting out just because, you know, this season was so hard and this coming season is probably going to be – a little bit harder just going into a full season off of what you did in your little bubbles so we'll see what the players think and we'll see how they settle those you know cases of people that want to sit out or you know whatever they want to do so in sports like basketball and stuff that's a pretty big deal I mean football you have a full team um, and a couple people opted out not too many so I don't know how many we'll see in basketball. I don't know how many we'll see in hockey, but uh, we'll see how those go and how those play out and if they can get on their normal timeline in 2021. But um, I don't know how optimistic I am. 
it just it's going to be weird. And football has gone well, so we'll see how the rest of them go. But, yeah, I, I don't know what's necessarily going to happen, but I'll hope for the best we get fans back and, you know, we actually can have a normal schedule and actually have our normal sports timeline by next year. Yeah. Uh, really, the only news we have, well, baseball awards are being handed out, announced on different dates, apparently. I don't know why. Um, uh, but the rookies of the year are out in the NL. Devin Williams, the uh, we talked about him last week, that reliever. Um, and I can't remember the team. The Brewers. There it is. Uh, Kevin Williams, the reliever from the Brewers. Uh, a .33 ERA, a .09 batting average against. Uh, the dude came in as a reliever, first reliever to win Rookie of the Year uh, since 2011. Dude had a great season. And then uh, as far as the AL goes, Kyle Lewis uh, won it for the Seattle Mariners, batted 262 with 11 home runs. And the other stat they opt to highlight is 34 walks. Um, I still I think as a White Sox fan personally, uh, Luis Robert got completely robbed of this award. Um, people can say, you can make an argument that a guy has a weak August or whatever. The dude batted 262. That's fine. That's fine. 11 home runs. Uh, Robert, I believe, had more than that. Um, I believe had a higher batting average, if I'm correct. I'll do my research just very briefly. Um, but the the thing that sticks out to me the most here. Okay, he had a worse batting average. Same, okay, okay. I overestimated Robert's stats. Still, the guy, Kyle Lewis here, this guy had a, st- a stretch. The last 36 at-bats of the season, he reached base three times. Three for 36. The guy batted... Yeah, but does that count walks? Because he uh, said he walked 34 times. Right, I don't know if that... This is just in the last 36 at-bats, and he may have drawn a walk or two. 30, 30, three for 36 is the stat line they gave. Guy batted one, I believe it was 167 in the month of September. This is when this is when it counts. You're in a playoff race. You can't afford to be batting one, 167 in the lineup going three for 36 and almost guaranteed out every time you're at bat. Yeah, but if his overall stats are better, it makes sense why they'd actually make the pick. I know, and you can make, like I said, you can make the argument... I'm not going to sit here and completely discredit the guy. If he won the award, then he probably put the work in for it. But I'm just saying. Just saying. Luis Robert hit home runs of 470 feet, 480 feet. Was clutch. Had a week August. Came back. Didn't die in September. But, yeah. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, having a week August is better than having a week September. Yeah. Um I mean, of course, as a rookie, you're probably going to get off to a slow start. Like, that that's kind of, you know, how it goes. And not all rookies are great from the start. I mean, unless you're in, a, in the first-round pick or one of the top picks, you're most likely not going to have a, a good first year, really. You're not supposed to do anything. You're not even supposed to play. You might play in the minors and stuff like that, so... Having people to come in, like having a reliever like that come in and just be completely on fire and having someone, you know, maybe have a slow August but then pick it up within the season. I mean, these guys could have done great things if the entire season was actually a season in, like, in whole. So, 
it'll be exciting to see these guys play in full seasons and actually see, you know, stats that actually, you know, relate to a full season and are comparable. But it's hard to, to um, like, diversify the factors of each season and what effects they have on the players. So I don't really know. I don't want to discredit any awards, any World Series and or, uh, you know, postseason stuff like that but i don't know it i could only imagine what it changes but i i wouldn't necessarily know the exact you know amount of change or the things that change unless i actually you know talk to some of the players and coaches but you know it has to be a different mindset for some of these athletes and there were some weird rules in baseball this year so who knows we'll see if these guys continue their performance in a year or two with hopefully an actual season baseball is a sport that we don't talk about the start time because it has a while so baseball could actually get back on track and have a season we'll see hopefully you know major sports and in our world are are uh i want to say a catalyst you know they make a decision and then a lot of other things follow it's the same thing with big universities big universities make a decision and universities like here at Millican University tend to follow those decisions. So, um, you know, when the big sports start conforming, you know, that's kind of uh, that's a good sign that, you know, life as it is, you know, social life and all that will hopefully follow suit. But, uh, and I mean, you've seen it again with, you know, college saying, well, you know, I guarantee you college football, one of their top arguments was, well, why does the NFL get to play and not us? So, I mean, that only helps their case. And, you know, I can understand, you know, from an organization aspect, from just being in college, from living in your own residence as a professional athlete, you know, it's, it's a lot different. But at the same time, you're still practicing with the team. You're still doing the same essential stuff in regards to athletics. So I'm glad that uh, college athletes fought for it, and I'm glad that, they were able to retain their scholarships and just play even, you know, they're willing to play and get tested however much and, you know, have all these have all these extra regulations just to, you know, have a season. I mean, so many athletics, so many, you know, teams and athletic departments just want to do what they can just to have whatever you want to call an official season at this point. So whether it's just playing in conference, whether it's cutting the games in half and stuff like that. I mean, they don't have to worry about pay. They just have to worry about retaining scholarships. And, um, you know, I I don't necessarily like the whole system of, oh, we're going to take your scholarship away because you're not playing athlete or you're not, you know, doing athletics this year. And it's like, well, if we're not going to have a season, how am I supposed to? So I didn't understand that whole thing, and it kind of sucked. I mean, I understand that the universities need money, but – um, I mean, you promise someone, hey, if you play sports here, you know, you'll get money. And do I necessarily agree with that all the time? No. Have I went on rants previously saying that, you know, college football players, you know, just like all these scholarships and all the money they bring in is just kind of annoying? Yes, like being, you know, college students ourselves. I mean, it's kind of annoying when some locker room is worth more than in your entire academic building is worth. But you know it is what it is revenue is the way it is and 
you know, TV revenue, all that stuff, you know, makes money, makes them profitable. And I'm happy to see, you know, the bill get passed that they can actually make some of their own money. You know, the top 1% of athletes get some revenue. But other than that, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just kind of where can we save money in the first place they turned with athletics and they, they fought back and fought back successfully. And, uh, you know, it's something that you can definitely associate yourself with as an athlete and kind of be proud of that. Hey, we had the season because, you know, we kind of threw a fit and we're like, yeah, just give us something to work with and we'll make it work. So it's kind of the spirit of people in their twenties, just kind of going with the flow, making things work. I mean, eat ramen for uh 16 meals <laughs> every week so i mean you just you just learn to make things work and nothing's different this year so on to, with that we'll uh talk about what happened in college football this week yeah <clears throat> um we'll do a brief recap what happened last week um wednesday november 4th most of us were still watching for election results to come in that wouldn't come in for another couple days um, the Mid-American Conference was kicking off their season on a Wednesday night for some reason. Um, they got going. I'm, we're going to try and highlight some of the, the memorable games here. Western Michigan beating Akron 58-13. That's a great way to kick your season off and just casually lose by 45 points. Um, Buffalo beating uh, Northern Illinois 49-30. to um, Can't really see any of these that look like upsets. Toledo almost shuts out Bowling Green, 38-3. Um, I'm kind of looking for any of those large stat lines, but there really aren't any. It was kind of an uneventful night as far as that goes. Uh, on to Thursday, a couple of Mountain West opponents going at it. Nevada beats Utah State. Nevada 3-0. They're unbeaten now. Still unbeaten and unbeaten in their own conference, all three games. And Colorado State defeats Wyoming. Wyoming drops to 1-2. Not really known for football outside of Josh Allen anyway. Um, it's Josh Allen, right? That's very true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to the Friday games. Uh, we had our first ranked matchup. BYU, actually, they're really starting to pick up some steam this year. Defeating number 21, Boise State, 51-17. to Trounced them. Wasn't even close. Uh, just a, obliterating them in the second half. A 35-point second half spurred them on. Um, so BYU is at 8-0 now. Um, and they're looking really strong. Really, uh, real good as contenders, and Zach Wilson, the Heisman candidate, 22 for 28, 360, and three scores through the air. Um, number 11, Miami, survived NC State to move to 6-1, and 44-41. Derek King, 430 yards and five touchdowns. And then uh, in a less notable game was San Jose State and San Diego State in the Mountain West. But San Jose State's 3-0. and I didn't know that. I don't know the last time they were three and zero, but they are with a twenty six or twenty twenty eight seventeen victory over the Aztecs. Uh, again, nothing. Overly... They didn't even lead a stat line, so I don't know exactly what they did. Yeah. But they won. Yeah. On to some Big Ten action. Finally, uh, the the Power Five schools, the Big Ten, in week three of their season. Um, and Illinois is uh, its just a mess. It's just a mess. 41-14. to 14, Minnesota just walks all over us. Tanner Morgan, uh, 216 and a score through the air, but it's Muhammad Ibrahim on the ground with 224 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the Illinois defense is just bad. It's just bad. It's good. It's mediocre at best and just bad at worst. 
I mean, we're looking at we're looking at getting gashed up the middle. We're getting torched through the air weekly. Uh, there's just nothing you can do. We're playing with a fourth string quarterback who injured his hand on Saturday, so it's just it doesn't look good. Brandon Peters won't be back for another week from COVID. Neither will Isaiah Wright. So you're down to numbers three and four. Number three is injured. Number four is possibly injured, depending on how he goes with the injured hand. It's just bad. It's just looking bad for Illinois. So I don't know. They got to turn it around if they're going to have a hope of doing anything. But I think their best bet is to try and scrape out three and five here in this eight-week Big Ten season. Uh, Purdue-Wisconsin canceled because of uh, the rising number of COVID tests on the Wisconsin team. And then we got to some real ranked action. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily the game just because, you know, Trevor Lawrence did get COVID. And so it wasn't necessarily the number one Clemson. But still, you'd think that Clemson was kind of a plug and play, had talent everywhere. But Notre Dame ends up getting the win 47-40 to in double overtime. And... I mean, it is what it is, both great teams, but I think you plug in Trevor Lawrence in a game that's that close, I think he makes that much of a difference. But uh, DJ... Ugalele. Yeah, it was 29 for 44, 430, and two touchdowns. I mean, even even that stat, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence would have probably had a higher completion percentage and just been more efficient. I mean, we know how good he is, so um, definitely, definitely stinks, but... Clemson not losing to a weak opponent by any means. Not at all. Uh, Notre Dame remains unbeaten at 7-0, and then now 6-0 and in the conference. Um, what's interesting is these two can meet again in the conference championship game, I believe. They might be able to meet again. And then on top of that, um, neither of them dropped out of the top four. Uh, Clemson dropped from 1-3. to three. Notre Dame moved up, I believe, from 4-2. to two. Hmm. So they're both still ranked, and people are saying, could this now. be, I believe it's Alabama. Which is not a question, really. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the question here that a lot of people are going to ask is, are we going to see, I believe it was twenty one of the 2017, I believe, when we saw two teams from the same conference make the college football playoff? Um, and I think that's the question that we're getting right now is, are we going to see both of these ACC teams make the playoffs? Because, I mean, if you get a 7-0 a Notre Dame, uh, um, well, that's surprising. I mean, Almost always, SEC teams send two. Right. SEC sends two teams to the college right. football playoffs. I mean, LSU, Alabama, or Bama got cut off last year, but wasn't Georgia in there? I believe it was Georgia was in there with LSU. Yeah. Um, and then the previous year, I think it was, what, Alabama, Georgia? or Bama and Georgia, I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah something like that. So, um, I mean, the SEC is just filled with powerhouses, and well, it's just weird. They send two. It's weird to think that the ACC might be the conference to do it this year, um, but I can definitely see the case for it. If you get a team that's eleven and one, and a team that's twelve and zero, and then yeah. Clemson turns around with Trevor Lawrence beats Notre Dame. Notre Dame is ranked in front of them. Then now you're back at this impasse where you're you're either yeah. going to be on the cusp of, or you are sending two teams. Yeah, and that's where some complaints might happen of. You know, having a team that maybe goes undefeated or something because I think um, UCF had that a couple of you know, years ago. At, well, Alabama, Alabama is most likely going to, you know, go. Same with Ohio State, unless you know one of them has a, you know, miracle loss. But otherwise, and you know, Ohio State does have hard, hard teams to play yet in the Big Ten. But 
I mean, you're looking at just kind of the same teams that you normally see, but who knows, you know, if that the way the title game goes and if there's another strong case in the SEC or something or another strong case maybe in the Big Ten, even though their conference isn't that, you know, their conference isn't necessarily tough as all the rest, then who knows who will go and who knows who will be complaining this year about getting snubbed or all this. We need but, to expand or something yeah. like that. And I – I do kind of agree that maybe the college football playoffs should expand a little bit, but you don't want to go on for too long. I mean, playing that extra game is, yeah. you know, you don't want the college football playoffs, you know, playing three extra games than everyone else. So, right. Well, see, the interesting thing is that's the, that's the format they use every li- every level below 1A. So if you look at AA, Division Two, and Division Three, they all use a traditional playoff bracket with 32 – It's either, I think it's 32 teams. Hmm. So, I mean – and it would take too long. This has been a – yeah, it's been a debate that's gone on for a while of whether or not they should expand the playoff. It happens every year. I'm, I think Expanding I was personally – Expanding the playoffs to 32 teams is way no, too much. No, that's too much. I, the one that I was always in favor of was expand to 16. You give every conference champion an auto bid plus the next – I think it's – Five or six, I forget how many conferences there are exactly. I think it's, I think it's ten. But you give the every conference champion gets the auto bid, and then you give those six, the next six at-large teams, a bid. That way, nobody complains that they get snubbed because you can be ranked up yeah, to tenth and get in. And then, yeah, the G five. Well, that's what happened with you know Central Florida that year. They went thirteen and zero. Yeah, and they were only ranked I think ninth or tenth. And they were complaining that we went 13-0. We won Alabama. Well, now the G5 loses their ability to complain and say that they aren't represented because they are going to be represented with that auto bid. And then the teams are, you know. Yeah, but you'd, you'd almost have to, to do that. You'd, almost, you'd have to cut off two, like, non-conference games in your right. season, most likely, to get that. So You'd have to shorten it. It would suck for teams that didn't make the playoffs. Right, right. They'd have to either start earlier or shorten games or something like that it would give other teams also as well a shot at a bowl game that wouldn't usually get yeah one. so but of course the last thing you need is four and eight illinois playing nine and three michigan who <laughs> did it just happen to not rank 17th and didn't make the playoff but illinois comes in here at four and eight because there weren't enough teams to make a to you know make a good bowl bracket and then you know we just sit there and watch illinois get curbed on the <laughs> in the big house yeah so who knows it's, it's a question worth exploring yeah. um number eight florida upset number five georgia in sec action 44 to 28 ohio state stomped all over rutgers 49 to 27 cincinnati remains unbeaten they've been a shock this year as well as they are now number six in the nation uh and i'm just smoked south carolina um Coastal Carolina, that's the G5 that's unbeaten as well. They are now ranked. They moved up into the top 15. South Alabama, though. We had a kicker from our high school who went there, actually, Gavin Patterson. Since graduated, but great guy. Um, they were never that good when he was there either. They're 3-4 and four now, losing 23-6 to Coastal Carolina. Um, Marshall and UMass. UMass hasn't been a factor in college football since, like, 2010. Um, Iowa State beats Baylor, SMU, and Temple. And here, oh, yeah. Here we go. Just the another one. Another one. I you could sit there. It's Kansas. Another one. Another one. Another one. Oh and seven. Oh and six in the Big Twelve. They get just just there's no word for it. Obliterated, curb stomped, 
smashed, crushed, wiped out, erased. Demoralized. Demor- demoralized. <laughs> There's, it's just depressing to look at. 62 to 9 to Oklahoma. What's you the, don't even show up to the game. That's why it's at Oklahoma. It is. It is. And I just need to know. It's on I, purpose. I want to see. 0-7, 10th in the Big 12. Kansas should just give up their rights to their football stadium. I think they need to They need to start leasing it out. They're going to have to find a way to make some money. Because I think if they could have fans, they still wouldn't have fans. They should lease it out to a G5 conference champ game. I think they should lease it out to Coastal Carolina. They can <laughs> yeah, lease those southern Col- markets yeah. a little bit let's more. See, <laughs> let's see South Alabama play Kansas. I think South Alabama. I think you could pick. A, I think UMass against UMass. <laughs> I think a good team to play Kansas right now is Wisconsin Whitewater, the D3 runner-up last year. I mean, oh. it's what do you do? What do you do? This is the third week in a row where you've lost by over 40 points. <laughs> what do you tell the guys in the Texas locker room? Oh, they play number 21 Texas. And then don't worry, they only follow that up with TCU and Texas Tech on the road. What do you? What exactly do you tell your guys when you've lost? And I should know. I was on a 3-21 and water polo team my senior year. There was not anything you could say to us that was going to make the fact that we just lost by 12 for the fourth game in a row any better. What do you tell these guys? Like, oh, hey, guys, we recruited you to come here and play some of the best talent in the world. And instead, we were spending every single game losing and just getting – and it's not even close. It's not even close. They lost their first game by 15. That's the closest any of them have been all year. They lost the first game by 15. They lost the next game by 33. The next by 40. The next by 21. The next one by 41. The next one by 30 again. And and now they just lost by 51 to Oklahoma. (laughs) They've got a worse point differential than the Jets. And that's impossible. (laughs) You can't have this kind of stuff going on. At what point do do you fire someone? At what point do you make a change? If you're an interim coach, when do you fire that guy too? <laughs> Just, what? Put in the backups. Put in the backups? I think Oklahoma probably had the backups in in the second quarter. <laughs> Oklahoma didn't have to dress their starters. Oklahoma dressed their practice squad. They dressed their redshirt guys and said, go out there and have some fun. Yeah, Oklahoma I, Oklahoma dressed their club football team and said, here you go, guys, have some reps. Here's the, here's the fraternities, <laughs> yeah. fraternity all-stars from, you know, what, beer Olympics or whatever they do. Yeah. <laughs> beer Olympics, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you dress? And then imagine being a Kansas football player and going back trying to use that as clout. Yeah, you know, I play, I play football D1. at Kansas. <laughs> you play D1 at 0-7 Kansas. <laughs> Yeah, what are you on the D? At least you. At least if you're on the offense, you could. No, you can't even brag on the offense. You can't even brag on the offense. You've scored less points than the Chicago Bears have this year. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, you go back there and you're what? You're trying to woo somebody and and you're like, yeah, I played D1 football at Kansas, and they're like, yeah, you guys are 0 and 7. How many how many blown assignments did you have last game against Oklahoma? I mean, just sad. You hate to see it, really. You just you just hate to see it. I don't know if they're gonna win a game this year, dude. It's bad. Kansas is you might be their best chance. Last I think they week. will. I think they will. Let's see here. There's a tweet. Nine games that there are nine teams that have played at least four games that are unbeaten. That's okay. Come on now. Our computer's Only in four it. games. It's not even that good. No, it isn't. To be honest with you, but now we're gonna four, four and zero. Oh. I mean, usually, usually the first couple games are non-conference, so it's not impressive at all. But they are conference games, so it is a little more impressive. 
Anyway, uh, we should probably take a break and then give us some uh, breathing room for the NFL because we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, so we'll take a longer break since we probably won't, you know, take our normal two breaks. We're going to separate it into halves, not periods. So uh, <laughs> we will come back. You're listening to WJMU 89.5, The Quad. All right, welcome back to WJMU 89.5, The Quad, The Shutout. Um, we're back with the NFL news of the week and then some. Uh, it was a pretty interesting week, um, I think, all things considered. Tom Brady uh, got spanked and then humiliated um, in, on Monday Night Tom Football. Brady, Tom Brady got... The same amount of electoral. <laughs> no, oh, this is just the story of the week for everybody here. So I was scrolling through TikTok after uh, after swim practice this afternoon, right before I'm ready. I'm ready to come in. I text Felix. I'm like, hey, 4:30 in the studio, let's do it. He's like, all right. Um, and I'm scrolling through TikTok. This person says it's 4 a.m. I can't sleep. They're they're going through the write-in ballots results of uh, Vermont. Which why why. That's like your entertainment value at 4 a.m. I don't know, but then again, it's 4 a.m., and I'm not going to question what anybody does at 4 a.m. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so, you know, here we are. I'm listening to it. Tom Brady got three write-in ballots for president in Vermont. He doesn't even live how in many, Vermont. Well, yeah, how many did he get in Massachusetts? I don't know. I can try and look it up. Um, let's yeah, see. I wonder, because that's, that's where I would figure he'd get like 30. Yeah, you'd think he would get more, but basically basically what I'm saying is, you know, Brady Belichick twenty four could be a real thing. You know, he's they're both of age to run. Uh and yeah, you know, I, I would me more Brady. than anybody would love a, a a presidential can a presidential campaign of Tom Brady versus LeBron James. <laughs> I think we would all love to see that in two thousand twenty four, honestly. Yeah, we? well uh Tom Brady might be uh, might be time for a career change since uh, you put up three points with AB essentially saying that your offense was going to be a hack and it's just the amount of write-in ballots you had in Massachusetts or in uh, Vermont was three. That's also how many points you scored against the against the Saints, who granted gave up what twenty-three to the Bears. The Bears. The Bears, who who had more rushing yards on a, so, on a fake punt so than their team did. A plus B equals C. If the Bears' offense can score that many against the Saints' defense, the Saints' defense shuts down the Bucks, and they only score three. You're telling me that the Bears' offense is better than the Buccaneers' offense, and the Bears beat the Buccaneers, but that wasn't with A B. A B A B changes the offense. And you know what he changed? negative point differential he's terrible he, he had i think three receptions i'm not exactly uh, sure let me take a look for you on the last. I, who cares he he's washed up i said this every every player that takes a year off is just garbage when they come back i mean you can even see it with Le'Veon bell he had like two carries for eight yards wow you did that on the jets I mean, yeah, you're on you're on the Chiefs. You should be producing, but nope, nope. He took a year off. He's never going to be the same that he was in Pittsburgh, and it is what it is. I mean, the stat line for the Buccaneers is embarrassing. He had three receptions for 31 yards with a long of 15. Oh, goody. 
It is embarrassing. I mean, Tom Brady, I think this is probably the worst game that he's ever played. 22 for 38, 209 yards, no touchdowns, and three picks. Yeah, arguably. He had a QBR of (laughs) 3.8. 3.8. That's just... What what do you do with that? What do you do with that? They got stopped on fourth and one at the goal line. the The Saints had three quarterbacks that threw better QBRs than he did. Drew Brees had a 98-9. Taysom Hill had a 100.0. And Jameis Winston had a 99-9. Jameis Winston, Mr. Eat a W himself, got to eat a W against his former team with Bruce Arians standing on the sideline looking through his his visor and his glasses. He just had that look on his face, you know? I feel (laughs) bad. I feel bad for Jameis Winston. Everyone gives him so much hate, and I read like all the comments on that post of him eating a W, just having fun. They're like, "What did he do with this game? What did he do?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, Jameis Winston, what is he doing? He is sitting behind one of the best quarterbacks and learning. He's about to come back because he's not a person that took a year off. He's about to come back, and having the year that he did on the Bucks, put him in the Saints offense and let him throw say, fifty times a game. I think. And he, as long as he learned from not throwing picks, he's about to go off. He's think, about to be an MVP. And if it was he, if he has that Buccaneer season, and cuts his picks like by like 70 percent, he's the MVP. Like no doubt. It's the thirty picks that killed him. I mean, what what did he have? Like thirty five thousand touchdowns. Thirty three touchdowns. <laughs> no, five thousand yards. <laughs> five thousand yards. And no, I'm I'm yeah. He had what? 33 I, I believe it was 33 to 30, I think, yeah, was like the stat line. But, you know, and that brings up an interesting point. Now, everyone always wants to know, with, especially with, you know, now watching how the Patriots struggled, you know, Drew Brees has been in New Orleans a long time. I think Jameis Winston might be the heir apparent to the starting quarterback job. It, everyone thought it was Taysom Hill, but I think that Taysom Hill is good where he is There's in no that way. flex position. I think if, if Jameis Winston's the it guy. Would, it would make me sick if Taysom Hill started over Jameis Winston. <laughs> Jameis Winston does amazing things, and he got so much hate last year because, oh, he threw so many picks. He gave more points to the other team than he did the other. Just throw oh, 50 well, times blah, a game. blah, shut up, Buccaneers fans. You suck. You guys suck. You still get blown out, and just just shut up. You don't, you don't know what a blessing is. You probably said that Warren Sapp sucked when he played for you, too, and now you, you had to you had to simp to get Tom Brady down in Florida Bears for some didn't want odd him. reason. The Jets didn't want him. I, the I, Jets, a, a quarterback-needy team. The Bears, who our starting option was Mitchell Trubisky and, and Nick Foles, all the good. That experiment's done us with an offensive line that's in shambles. We didn't want Tom Brady. And you guys I, lobbied. You lobbied and pushed and tried so hard to get Tom Brady to come into Tampa Bay, and now you're finding out that he's not that good. I, it might be a, it might be a case of both. I mean, Belichick might, he's not looking great. He just, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. And then Brady at the same time just doesn't know what he's doing. But anyway, let's. They feel. call me, they call me Chris Berman Jr. Two minute drill. Oh, the two minute drill. All right, time for the weekly two minute drill, presented by. Just kidding, we don't have a sponsor. Um, so. I wish. I wish, maybe in the future. Um, it's time for the weekly two-minute drill with Felix. He's going to attempt to recap all 14 games of NFL action in under two minutes. Uh, he was 245 in week one. Last week, he was about two minutes and 13 seconds. So we're going to try here. We're going to go ahead and give him five seconds here. Ready? 
And you are on. Aaron Rodgers lights up the 49ers injured team. Everyone's got a red shirt at practice there. Packers win 34-17. Titans beat the Bears after, you know, the Bears score. Again, consolation points. Should have been this close with 24-17. The Saints, yes, just spanked the Buccaneers 38-3. The Buccaneers' offense didn't look like they knew what was going on, and their offense was just terrible. Their stat lines were terrible. The Falcons beating the Broncos 34-27. This one was quite expected. Drew Locke still playing quite well. Feel pretty bad for the Broncos, but they didn't deserve to win. The Bills beat the Seahawks 44-34. What happened to that defense? That first-round pick for Jamal Adams is looking quite well because he sucks. Ravens over the Colts. Uh, 24 to 10. The Colts' defense is the real deal, but they can't stay out all game. Philip Rivers looking terrible, only scoring 10 points. The Colts' defense still, you know, holding up, and Lamar Jackson looks subpar at at best. He's still playing well, but not like last year. The Chiefs survived the Panthers, and Christian McCaffrey leaves late with a shoulder injury. He's listed day to day. We'll see what happens with him, but the Chiefs still looking strong. But the Panthers are a completely different team with Christian McCaffrey. Vikings beat the Lions in typical fashion. The Lions can't pull out a win without one of their receivers. The Vikings are looking like they're on a roll. They're scary right now. The Giants over the football team, 23-10, to uh, eliminating all the one wins, nodding up the NFC East at uh, two wins apiece. The Giants finally get that win that they've been seeking. Same thing with the Texans here. They finally get the win that they're seeking against a terrible Jags team who is playing Jake Lutton at quarterback. I have no idea who that is. No idea if I said his name right. Doesn't matter. He lost. Raiders over the Chargers, 31-26. to It was not a touchdown. I don't know why anyone can say that that last second touchdown was. It was not. Steelers over the Cowboys. I don't even know how this one was close, but the Steelers almost managed to lose. Dolphins over the Cardinals. Uh, Tua is playing quite well, still kind of relying on his defense, but um, you know got the win here surprisingly, and the Cardinals lose kind of a kind of a bad one. But thank goodness that the Seahawks lost for them. And the Patriots survived the Jets. Joe Flacco was told at halftime that they're tanking for Trevor, and then he came out on his you know famous drive, just threw a pick in one play, and then the Patriots took all the momentum in the second half and won. And time at two minutes and fourteen seconds, almost almost. Yeah, uh, dwelled a couple, dwelled on a couple of those games. Yeah. Um, all right, let's check the detail work. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, um, pretty angry after losing, oh, after yeah. getting the ball knocked out of his hand against Minnesota, comes back and four yeah. touchdowns against a Niners team that just spent most of the game going help, help, yeah, help. Spending most of the game saying, "Yeah, we really miss everyone who's injured or has COVID." Yeah. The Titans, uh, Bears. This was embarrassing. This embarrassing. Haha, <laughs> funny. Um, our it offensive through 52 times. Our offensive line is in shambles. Um, <laughs> we we can't run the ball. Um, there's nothing to say. There's nothing productive you can say about the fact that the Titans scoring went 3-7-7-7 and the Bears went 0-0-0-17. They're a fourth quarter team. That's fine. Sometimes being a fourth quarter team is good. No. Golly, when you can't score in the first three quarters, it's useless. I mean, no. Barkidius Mingo, our defensive <laughs> end, led the team in rushing at halftime with 11 yards. He got those 11 yards on a fake punt. The Titans we scored. The Titans scored 24 points while Tannehill threw the ball 15 times, and yeah. was like what eight for 15? I think wasn't even that good. Just one of those happened to be a 40-yard touchdown where Kyle Fuller just just got broken in half and touched the floor from A.J. Brown, hit a double move and just sent him flying over the middle of the field. And so, you know, it's just how it is. And and the one thing that the Bears' defense did well, um, Derrick Henry, we held him to 68 yards on 21 carries. 
That I'm proud of. I knew that having Akeem Hicks back was it was going to be rough for Henry to just run through the middle like he always does. Um, and I think having Akeem Hicks in there uh, helped us in that regard to some extent. Um, regardless of that, moving on, we talked about how the Saints just stomped. The Saints' social media about this game, probably the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Their Instagram was just hysterical. Um, posting pictures of Tom Brady and all these comparisons to Tom. It was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, you want to speak on that Jamal Adams trade, Felix? Yeah, it's – I mean, the first-round pick that they're going to give the Jets isn't going to be high by any means because the Seahawks are going to probably go to the playoffs and have a good bout. But their defense just looks awful. I mean, and Jamal Adams has missed a couple games and – he hasn't been in, but when he's been in, he's looked terrible. I, you would not expect this. I mean, from the seasons that he's had with the Jets and being that so big of a bright spot and then going in and just not playing well in Seattle, I think it's just – I think it might be the factor of just not being, you know, in that leader role, the leader position, and being the big dog in town. So uh, – I don't know what's going on, but he has not looked great, and the Seahawks' defense has looked abysmal. Uh, I don't know. The Russell Wilson case for MVP keeps getting weaker and weaker. The 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 quarterback across from him in that game threw a near-perfect game, 415 yards, three touchdowns. Wilson threw, I think it was another three interceptions. I could be wrong. I, can you pull that up? Yeah, yeah can you fact-check me? But... He threw three against the Cardinals, I know that. Maybe it was only two. But I think that brings up his total to about seven this year. Two and two. Two touchdowns, two picks, 390 through the year. So, yes, Russell Wilson is having a great year. But at the same time, I mean, Josh Allen is looking great. I mean, look at their 12 sacks this game. Josh Allen was sacked seven times, and Russell Wilson was sacked five times. Defenses were, in a sense, ruling. I mean, there is a combined total of 91 rushing yards between both teams. Oh, yeah. It was an air or nothing Just, game. Yeah, it was the entire quarterbacks, and Josh Allen looked, you know. Oh, and he, Russell Wilson also fumbled twice and lost them both. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I don't know. Depends on how hard that they weigh, you know, turnovers. But I, I don't necessarily like how the MVP's given out, I think, Antonio Brown should have won it in his year that he went completely off. I think Derrick Henry might have had a shot, but they always give it to a quarterback, so you have to prepare for that. I think Josh Allen is making some of the strongest cases um, to get this MVP award. Russell Wilson, I don't know. I don't know. The past two weeks haven't been very convincing, so depends on how hard they weigh turnovers, but you know he's playing well, but I think Josh Allen is playing equally as well. Both their teams are about as equal, so I don't know. And then same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I just, I don't know. I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes win it again because he's having a really good just year. Just because for it's the same. It's the same thing as being the most valuable player. And I think that Josh Allen has less to work with than the Chiefs do, than Patrick Mahomes has to work with on offense. And I mean, Russell Wilson is kind of in that same class as you know Patrick Mahomes with the receivers that he has. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has. You know, Tyreek Hill, uh, McCole Harbin, um, he did have Sammy Watkins for a bit. 
Edwards Hilaire has been playing great, also with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, who is supposedly great. And, you know, then you look at Josh Allen, what he has to work with. I mean, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, who are not premier backs. And Stephon Diggs is your only premier uh, receiver with John Brown kind of being hit or miss. He's either catching a 90-yard touchdown or doing nothing. So I think just the comparison there and being the most valuable to your team, I think Josh Allen, in my mind, you know, would be the front runner of MVP right now, even though I would probably put Patrick Mahomes second and um, Russell or Aaron Rodgers around third and fourth. But, I mean, to me, that that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Russell Wilson, easy MVP, or Aaron Rodgers is – you know, leading is what I saw, and I was like, what? Aaron Rodgers is leading after having just a terrible game? But who knows? It's up to the AP. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't not know how they rate us. things. Um, Dalvin Cook looking amazing. Hopefully he's had he doesn't get five, injured. close to 500 scrimmage yards, I think, yeah. over the last two weeks. He's just – It's just injury prone. It scares it, me to watch, like, to know that the Bears are going to have to find a way to deal with him. Yeah. Um this week he's looking really strong these last two weeks and yeah like you said hopefully an injury doesn't derail this because he's looking like the premier back i mean oh, it was yeah. derrick henry but derrick henry lacks that kind of lacks that pass catching element that dalvin cook brings to the table and cook can kind of hit you from everywhere he can run you over he can get around you he can catch passes yeah. i mean he can kind of do everything yeah. so he as a bears fan we're playing him this week we gotta play him twice a year and it scares me when he you see when he's 33 grab the ball yeah <laughs> The Giants beating Washington. It's I the mean, NFC East. The NFC least. Uh, Philly it was on a matter. Philly was on a bye. Thank oh, did you did you see Kyle Allen get injured? Yeah. His, uh, his yes. Knee another is a little was a little off. So they said Alex Smith is going to be the starting quarterback. Alex Smith came in through three twenty five and a touchdown. So I think he's got it in him. Thirty eight years old, got nothing on him. I think I think he's got it in him. I think the Bears should probably look at a trade option. Well, it's past trade options now, but I think uh, come free agency, the Bears need to take a look at Alex Smith because it's definitely better than what we have. Um, the NFC East, though, just continues to be garbage. I feel so bad. Justin Herbert, the resolve to just keep going out there and balling, knowing that your team is going to find some way to lose. Yeah. I and mean, that last play, I mean, it could have went either way, but didn't have – didn't have the catch to the ground, therefore it wasn't a touchdown, and I think that was a good call, even though it sucks. But it is what it is. You, he's going to keep playing. He's just a rookie. He's trying to earn his earn his status, earn his money, and so I think he's going to be good for the Chargers, and I think they should probably lock him up after his rookie deal, rookie deal is over. Yeah, uh, Steelers and Cowboys. Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Garrett Gilbert, that's the name they went with. Ben DiNucci got Ben DeBenchied. I mean, he just He's gone. played a terrible His game last over. week. I played His a really bad game. His little Ben DiNucci's going to be a new Tom Brady for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, you, you, you see saw how, how that rare that out. works. You saw He's how that staring down out. receivers, getting blindsided, Trying fumbling to side I mean, And now we have Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, Gilbert who, leading the game against the Steelers for most of the game. And then yeah. the Steelers just say, yeah, I don't think we're going to lose today. And then the Cowboys are just like, yeah, and our defense is just going to collapse at the end in the second half. And What are you going to do? Dolphins over the Cardinals. That one kind of shocked me, actually, when I saw that. Kyler Murray led the game in passing and rushing. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't receiving as well. 
DeAndre Hopkins held under 100 yards for the first time in Yeah, so the Dolphins like looking pretty good. So Maybe we'll, a dark horse we'll, playoff yeah, pick we'll, here. We'll keep, in, we'll keep you updated on how they're doing. And then uh, and the Patriots and the Jets. Like you said, Joe Flacco was like, hey, you know what? It's time for a throwback to my Baltimore days when we were good. And then he decided to take a a 20 to 10 lead into the half after a 17 point quarter. The Jets haven't scored 17 points in any of their last like three games yeah. and they had 17 in the second quarter. Um and then yeah, they probably, you know, Adam Gase walked over there and said, "Well, listen here, Joe, you know, we're we're trying to tank. We want Trevor Lawrence to take your job. Um and we're going to get rid of Sam next year. So, uh I just need you to go ahead, get out there, and uh, tank it up for us. And he's like, "Oh, coach, should have told me from the beginning. I would have yeah. saved this. So I would have saved this for week 16. We're 0 and 15, and then we win the last game to yeah. to save ourselves from being in the club." I here's my here's my accurate prediction. Being a Jets fan, um, the Jags still have one win, so it's unclear who would get the first overall pick if we lost. I don't know how they go off that, but hopefully it would be us. Waiting for the Jags to get another win. Looking at their remaining schedule, it looks like it's un- like it looks like it's impossible for them to get another win. I don't know where they're going to get it. I don't know how. But if they win another game, the Jets have full, full-fledged don't tank. We can win one and not go down as the worst team. As a fan, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Do I want to say that I was a fan during the worst Jets year in NFL, the worst NFL team in history, and just have that and be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a true fan. You can't tell me that I'm not. And Or do I want them to just get that one win and clear their name? We might have the worst point differential. doesn't matter. 1-15. We got the one win. We will not be an infamous 0-16 teams just constantly remembered. I mean, you, you know – Oh, when you hear zero and sixteen, it's the Browns and the or it's the Browns and the Lions. I mean, it's just it comes with it. So, I I knew it was just kind of a sad game to watch. Our our offense just completely shut down like normal, and yeah, it was towards the end, and we just failed. We failed. Um, the <clears throat> playoff picture. We're out of the games for the week. So, the playoff picture, uh, now with a possible expansion, so the NFL owners voted today um, to expand the playoffs to eight teams per conference should any games get canceled, any more games get canceled due to COVID. Um, So, I'll give you the regular playoff picture here. In the NFC, New Orleans jumps into the top slot after Seattle's losses here. They jump into the top slot 6-2. and Seattle then takes the two seed at six and two. Green Bay in the three seed also at six and two. Um, the four seed, little brother, odd man out, Philadelphia at three, four, and one. The five seed, Tampa Bay at six and three. The six seed, Arizona at five and three. The seven seed, LA Rams at five and three. And should there be an eighth team if it started today, it would be the Bears at five and four playing the Saints. I wouldn't want to watch that game. Um, and then in the AFC, Pittsburgh. At eight and zero, Kansas City at eight and one, Buffalo at seven and two, make the top three. Tennessee in the four seed at six and two, and then it's Baltimore at six and two. Vegas jumps into the playoff picture at five and three. Miami for the first time this year is now in the playoff picture, also at five and three. And should there be an eighth seed today, it would be the Baker Mayfieldless Cleveland Browns with Mr. Case Keenum himself at starting quarterback at five and three would be facing off against the undefeated Steelers. 
That just sounds like an upset that I would call. Um, and yeah. then, let's see here. I would have no idea uh, if that would be an upset or not. Case Keenum is pretty good, so we'll see if he has that weird effect of, like, quarterbacks that just randomly come in and win. Yep, so... Well, with that, leaves us, I believe, just our weekly picks here. And we both had pretty good weeks last week. I was a 10-4. and four. Felix, almost perfect at 12-2. and two. Um, I just, these flip games that we differ on, we just, I keep getting the, the butt end of them. Yeah, and we also made up a rule saying, if you picked better the next week, you get the honors of picking second. Because if you picked better last week, therefore the other person can't sheet off you and pick the same games due to some reason i don't know so we will pick nick will go first nick would probably be going first nearly every week at, at this I point of the first. year we're not really sure what we're going to do with the, the case of a tie but just you know it's we'll cross that keep bridge going. cross that bridge we'll we just keep there. it the same so yeah. if we tied this week you would go first again all right well let's go ahead and get into these picks uh thursday night football the colts at the titans um uh philip rivers has been awful um, I think the Titans are going to hang on. They're going to win this one. Uh, starting on the Sunday, Sunday games, Niners at Saints. I think the Niners have been a train wreck without half their team. I think the Saints should walk over them pretty easily uh, so long as Drew Brees shows up, Alvin Kamara shows up in both the rush and the receiving game. They ought to be fine. Texans at Browns, um, this is a tough one. I would feel like I'm going to pick Cleveland. I do have my reservations, knowing that it is Case Keenum. He has not played all year, uh, and it's in a new. This is the first time we're seeing him in a new system, albeit he's had nine weeks to get used to it. I am going to trust my gut and take Cleveland on this one. The Washington Football Team at Detroit. Um, I'm kind of dumb, but I'm not stupid, so I'm going to go ahead and take Detroit. Hopefully, they find a way to win a game against the NFC East. Um, if you lose against the NFC East. I question your ability to play as a football team. Unless you are in the NFC East, in which case there's no question of your yeah, ability to play as a football team worse. because I know you don't have any. Uh, Jags at Packers, that's an easy pick. Green Bay, all day. All day. Um, especially with a, no Gardner Minshew. I, they've run the ball so much with James Robinson, which as much as it's helped my fantasy team, you have to be able to you know throw the ball at some point in the game, and I think the Packers' defense is going to have that shut down from the get. Uh, Philly at New York, that's another tough one. I'm going to go ahead and slot in Philadelphia. Um, I think through nine weeks, they're the, like, the clear, I think, in my opinion, the best team out of these four. They're the most complete team um, with the Giants. With the Washington football team, you're lacking at quarterback. You're lacking a little bit of defense. With the New York Giants, you have Daniel Jones, Mr. Turnover back there at quarterback. And Dallas has been a revolving door since Dak Prescott got injured. Um, I just don't think that's anybody is as complete as the Eagles are in terms of having guys that fit the system and do it all. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Philly a hot take. Philadelphia will win the NFC East with whatever record they end up having. They will be the team that takes that four seed. Buccaneers at Panthers. This is going to be a tough one as well. I think if Chris, this is kind of one that flips on the dependence of Christian McCaffrey's availability. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey, if he's there, that is a Buccaneers probably a loss. But I'm going to operate under the assumption that they're going to sit him. I'm going to go ahead and take Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady's going to get in the locker room. He's going to wave around his three 
write in ballots and be like, I'm coaching the team now, and then uh, he's going he's gonna to whip those guys into shape. They're going to come back and take a dub, an in-division in dub at that. Um, Broncos, Raiders. I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders. Uh, I don't know why there was any hesitation there. Drew Locke. I, er, yeah, Drew Locke playing well, not playing well enough. Um, I think the Raiders will easily be able to outscore the outpace and outscore the Broncos offense. So we're going with the uh, the Vegas Raiders. Chargers at Dolphins. This is rough. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the hot hand here. I think the Dolphins are going to take this one. Um, Justin Herbert's probably going to play well. He'll throw for at least 400 yards, probably three touchdowns. But I think that defense just comes up clutch one too many times for the Chargers to figure out, and Tua gets it done. Bills at Cardinals. I'm going to take Buffalo. Um, I think that Arizona's probably kind of reeling a little bit after getting handed a loss by a team that was, I believe, 2-14 and 14 last year. Um, so I think that Buffalo takes advantage. Josh Allen gets even more hot, continues to kind of be a front runner in your eyes for the MVP candidacy, and he probably balls out. Seahawks at Rams. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams here. Um, I think the Seahawks defense has been exposed for what they are, which is a piece of Swiss cheese. They can't really stop anything, and the Bills managed to exploit them on every single level of their bad coverage, their poor tackling, and their missed assignments, and their inability to rush. Um, Russell Wilson and the offense can't carry you all the way to the big game and win it. So I think this is the wake-up call here is when they play an L.A. Rams team with Aaron Donald breaking through that offensive line in about 2.4 seconds off the snap and sacking Russell Wilson eight times. Bengals at Steelers, I have to take the Steelers here as much as I do love Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and the progress they've made. It's not going to be enough. I think experience wins out. Uh, the Sunday night game, the Ravens at Patriots. I'm going with Baltimore. Um, there's nothing I can really say. The Patriots have looked awful, just downright awful. Probably deserved to lose last night with the first half they played. Um, and that was playing the worst team in the league right now. So I think that they... Ravens will easily win this. Uh, shoot. Well, Vikings-Bears is Monday Night Football. Chicago's going to host. I'm going to make an unpopular pick amongst Bears fans and probably take the Vikings. I'm, a, I'm aware that Kirk Cousins is bad in primetime. I am aware that we are hosting. I am aware that historically we have swept the Vikings the last two years. We haven't lost in five games to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is hot. Dalvin Cook is healthy. Our defense cannot do everything, and our offense cannot run the ball for jack squat right now. So my pick is going to be Minnesota, which is rough for me to admit as a Bears fan, but I just don't see it happening. So those are my picks. Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and mercifully the Jets are on a bye this week. So uh, we're, we're spared that. Um might be the best week the Jets have all year. Sam Darnold hopefully can come back after that, and Mekhi Becton can hopefully figure out this chest injury that was causing him breathing. All so, right. All right, Felix, let's hear it. You have the honor of picking second this week. I am going to take the Colts against the Titans. I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think that the Titans are as hot as they seem, and I think that the Colts' offense actually shows up and puts up about 20, and I think their defense can withstand. Um, 49ers at the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints here. 49ers have looked banged up, and without all their pieces, they are not a good team. I'm going to take the Texans against the Browns. I think the Texans have looked hot and looked not 
you know, their record. I think they've looked a lot better than their record, so I think that they sneak out a win here. I'm going to take the Lions against Washington. That's a pretty obvious pick, not, you know, too much to talk about here. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers over the Jaguars. It, they just, you know, easy pick. Aaron Rodgers is going to pick them apart, you know, have four or five touchdowns and win the game and be very good in fantasy. Um, keep scrolling. Uh, Eagles, Giants. I'm going to take the Giants here. I think despite everything, I think the Giants have looked great. And, you know, Daniel Jones and every every offense, I think they piece together and win. I'm going to take the Buccaneers uh, over the Panthers. Like you said, Christian McCaffrey being in is kind of a, would sway my vote. But I think the Buccaneers, yeah, like you said, Tom Brady is going to motivate that team to win. I'm going to take the Raiders as well over the Broncos. They haven't found a way to win. I love them, and they hurt me. I'm going to take the Chargers over the Dolphins. Come on, win a game. You can do it. The Dolphins aren't that good. Justin Herbert is that good. He's going to pull it off. I'm going to take the Seahawks here. I think uh, Russell Wilson has that same you know, motivation that Tom Brady does. I think he comes in and gets it done. Steelers over the Bengals, yes. Ravens over the Patriots, yes. And I'm going to go with you. Oh, I haven't even picked the Bills or Cardinals. I'm going I, was to take... off. I was writing them down. I yeah, was I'm, off by I'm, one. I'm, I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, I think that they're hot. I said that Josh Allen is one of my MVP candidates. I'm sticking with that. And I'm also going to take the Vikings. I know all the facts, just like you said. You but... said you're taking the Ravens, right? Yes, the Ravens over the Patriots. The Patriots have looked like the second-worst team in football, only to be bested by the Jets. Even the Jaguars are above the Patriots. And, yes, I'm going to take the Vikings. Despite all, I will take the Vikings. I've made a lot of those picks this week. They could come back to bite me somewhere, but we'll see. So thank you for listening to the shutout on 89.5 WJMU, the quad. I hope you have a great week, and, yeah, that's all. Bye. We'll see you.